You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today we are finishing off Comedy Month, and this time we watched Office Space, a film by Mike Judge, who you might have known had created Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill, both of which were popular cartoons. And so he's had a pretty big career in animation, but this was his second full-length feature. Now, this one came out in 1999 uh, at the turn of the century. And, you know, right before Y2K. And it's kind of interesting because this film definitely uh, feels like it was made in the late 90s or early 2000s. Um, This one was positively received, but at the time, it was a box office failure. It cost $10 million to make and it made $12.2 million. But after repeated airings on Comedy Central and uh, very strong home video uh, rentals, Uh, It actually turned out to be uh, quite the cult classic, and a lot of the stuff that happened in this movie did affect sort of the popular cultural zeitgeist and some of the stuff that it introduced. There's a couple memes that uh, became popular years after this film came out, and in general, people regard it as something that a lot of people can relate to. So with that in mind, um, I'm just going to go over the synopsis real quick. Office Space is a 1999 American black comedy film written and directed by Mike Judge. It satirizes the work life of a typical 1990s software company, focusing on a handful of individuals weary of their jobs. So uh, with that said, do you have anything to add to your viewing of the film? I, I'm going to add to the film synopsis a little bit to um, drill down a little bit deeper. Corporate drone Peter Gibbons hates his soul-killing job at the software company Inatech. While undergoing a hypnotherapy, Peter is left in a blissful state when his therapist dies in the middle of their session. He refuses to work overtime, plays games at his desk, and unintentionally charms two consultants into putting him on the management fast track. When Peter's friends learn they're about to be downsized, they hatch a revenge plot against the company uh, inspired by Superman 3. Yeah, so definitely an interesting movie. And I feel like, um, well, you, having been a working professional for over 30 years, probably had quite a few thoughts on this film. Um, I remember when this film came out, um, I... Was this a bit of a precursor? I don't know how old the office is, but I feel like it it preceded the office by just a few years. And so there was this whole, you know, um, I'm not going to call it a trope, a whole bit on office Monotony. politics and office. Yes. Work life. Yeah. So the office, yeah, the office came out in 2005 and I would imagine a decent amount of it was probably inspired by this movie uh, because I feel like some of the general sentiment of being a cubicle drone kind of stems from, you know, I guess 90s dissatisfaction and culminated into this movie. But I feel like we've seen a lot of its influence sort of in some of the stuff that we see today. It's funny that you mentioned The Office because I just learned that there was a Hindi version of The Office. And so Grace and I watched that for a little bit. And it's the same thing. It's really, really funny. They do all the camera. Uh, they look at the camera. They have uh, the Michael and Jim characters. It's really, it's actually really funny. So uh, you can see that workplace comedy has definitely become a very popular thing, especially with a lot of people. And The Office, of course, is the most successful of all of those. But I think we're kind of watching 
maybe the birth of this type of comedy. And I think that's the movie we just watched. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, interesting that you said the Hindi version of The Office is is really funny because remember when we watched the British version, which was the original version of The Office? Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I have long said that British comedy, much like British horror, does not really translate to the an American culture by and large. That's an mm -hmm. opinion, of course. But there are very uh, real distinctions between the two. And I think ultimately, um, yeah, uh, I'm surprised to hear that the Hindi version was as good as it is. I'm glad it is, and I might like to check it out. But uh, that's different than the British version, version, which became, you know, the American version. Well, I will say that Grace and I probably watched 10 minutes of it. It is in a completely separate language. So I don't know if they dub it or anything like that. But I just thought that was funny to note. So okay, let's go on ahead and uh, hear what you thought of the film. Uh, I can go first or you can go first. I'll go first this time. Um, I like this film. Yeah, I, I thought this film was entertaining. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, funny from the get go. So the opening scene where they're in traffic. Oh, so there were so many things about this this film that I thought were very relatable. And part of that is attributable to what you said. I, I work in an office environment, right? Mm -hmm. And now my office environment is nothing like this one by any means. I want to be clear on that. However, you know, there are just some things that uh, are, you know, uh, reminiscent of my daily life. But the first is, well, the first is not, but, you know, if I had a real commute to work, like most people do, mm -hmm. I do not work remotely, as you know, but I work three miles from where I live. And the traffic was just really funny. You know, he's no matter what lane he got himself in, it was the lane that stopped. And then the lane that he had left was the lane that started moving. And, and the old man was going faster than he was. Wildly funny. Yes. And the old man who was, you know, using a walker was mm -hmm. moving faster than he was in the traffic. So from the very beginning, while the credits are rolling, I thought, okay, I'm going to like this movie. I'm drawn in. So I remember when it came out, thinking I had very little interest in it. I don't know for what reason. It just seemed like it was sort of a, not a I don't want to call it a lowbrow comedy, but it didn't have big names other than Jennifer Aniston in mm -hmm. it. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm too interested. So I never really saw it, but I'm really glad I saw it now because there's a lot about this movie I I liked. Um, I, will, I will tell you, I described it in my head while I was watching it as a winning comedy. Very cool. I, I yeah, I like that. I think that's a good opinion, and I'm I'm of the same opinion. I really enjoyed this film, and I think that you know obviously it came out when I was two, so I had no idea about what office life or work life would be like. But it's kind of funny because I read a lot of commentary on the film where people were saying you know when they when this came out when they were twelve or fifteen they thought it was just hilarious, and now in the working world, they see it more as a documentary, which is pretty funny. Um, and it, it's interesting because I think sometimes it's hard to judge a film as soon as it comes out. I mean, we obviously do that pretty often around here, but you also have to let it age for a bit. And with a cult comedy like this, some things just get better through time because it seems like they're more true as life goes on. Um, in this case, I know a lot of pe people feel stuck in their own jobs and maybe people can relate to it in that way. But for the other general frustrations of daily life and camaraderie, I think that a lot of people can relate to it in that way as well. Um, ultimately, I thought this was a pretty funny movie. It definitely got uh, quite a few laughs out of me. And, you know, obviously the whole premise was very entertaining, but um, I liked how it just felt kind of original and i'm sure it was more original than most movies at the time yeah. and while i guess the whole concept is 
somewhat played out today, I can appreciate it for doing what it did back then. And I can certainly see why people like it so much now. Yeah, I would say I don't believe this film is completely fully fleshed out. There were some things that just sort of started but never had any resolution mm -hmm. for example the um i mean i really did like the premise and that's why i wanted to read the the deeper synopsis i really did like the whole you know he was being um um hypnotized there's the word mm -hmm. and they got to number two and he you know the the therapist falls over dead and so he's sort of stuck in this state of hypnosis which transformed the way he behaved, which was really, really refreshingly received by the people at the office, especially the consultants. But you never came back to that. He never came out of his his hypnosis, if you will. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because, I mean, we can talk about this deeper in spoilers, but ultimately I like how this movie kind of shows the two sides of things. Um, I really liked the deeper message in it, the something that Jennifer Aniston said at the end, and we can talk about that a little bit more later, but it kind of presented both sides of the argument, right? Nobody wants to necessarily be at work all day, every day, especially on the weekends, but at the end of the day, the grass is always greener on the other side, and it's up to you to make that work for yourself, even if it's not the most fun thing in the world, you know? All he wanted to do was find a purpose, but it seemed like his purpose at the time was doing quite literally nothing. So we can talk a little bit more about that um, as we move into spoilers. But ultimately, I thought this movie did a good job of sort of obviously satirizing office workplace culture, maybe the corporate ladder and all of that kind of stuff. And I can only imagine, you know, how many people get a case of the Mondays whenever that does happen. Yeah, yeah. No, let's move into spoilers because there are some really funny parts or, you know, it's not laugh out loud funny but it's almost laugh out loud funny it's it's yeah. very humorous it's very relatable and you know there's there's things that you okay let's transition into spoilers cool absolutely so obviously the final message of this is you know nobody really likes their job or not every a lot of people don't like their jobs but at the end of the day you have to find something that creates meaning for you something that makes you happy and i think that's just as true because the beginning of the film was just kind of saying you know, these corporations don't care about you. You're just a number. You're going to have a ton of middle managers focusing on the tiniest details that don't matter. And ultimately, you're going to be working a menial job with minor tasks that doesn't fulfill you. Now, at the end of it, it basically said, yeah, but you shouldn't necessarily be stealing or committing crimes against this sort of entity. At the end of the day, it is up to you how you create meaning out of your life. And it could be a lot worse than you have it right now. So I like how it kind of played to both sides of it instead of becoming sort of this under like underdog hero sort of film about this guy starting to dominate uh, everything uh, about the, you know, toppling work life culture and then kind of being this sort of anti establishment thing. I think it did a good job of balancing that. And I also appreciate how it went to show that the less you care, it you might actually gain greater success it's just you know the more you focus on the bad things or the small tasks and just you know rolling your eyes and being annoyed you're obviously it's that's going to stall your progress but you know the more you i guess assert yourself and um you know really just put yourself out there without caring so much about those tiny things that's kind of what puts you on to the management fast track and i thought that was a great irony in this movie too 
Yeah, that was the that was the highlight of the film. I mean, let's face it, especially the one consultant right there. They're interviewing all the employees and they get to to the lead character after he's been hypnotized. And he he walks in and he's just like, you know, everything's good. I, you know, he calls him by their first name. He helps himself to a glass of water. He sits down. I almost thought he was going to put his feet up. And he's just like, you know, uh, whatever kind of thing. And mm -hmm. and they just fall for that. And and they're just really, you know, that's the whole fast track thing. And they like his attitude. They like his because he's not sort of the um, the climber. He's he's just really approaching it very differently than everyone else. And 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 they fall right. Of course, you know, the consultants are supposed to be, you know, silly and dimwitted. And yeah, and, you know, obviously, that's why it works so well. But, you know, there's some there's some other things about the office, uh, you know, daily life, like the 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 receptionist answering the phone, repeating mm -hmm. the same words over and over and over and over the stapler back and forth on i mean the guy who mumbles i don't know his name but i thought he was really funny I mean, milton and that was that's really funny that you say that because you know how he's talking about his red swing line staple uh stapler yes, yes so swing line the actual brand came they introduced a red stapler after the movie because of this out. movie yeah yeah which, which well, is he, pretty it's funny. so funny too because in an office environment we get really connected to our office uh, items, if you will. I mean, mm -hmm. there are things that go missing in our office and an email goes out and you think to yourself, where in the, why in the world would someone take this? And then all of a sudden it magically appears overnight because someone who borrowed it returned it overnight when no one was looking. And you think to yourself, really? I mean, these things really happen. Exactly. And it's funny because it's just like, it's not a big deal at the end of the day, but it's this minor petty annoyance that can grow over time. And eventually it snowballs into you just being like, oh my goodness. Like it, it's it's so funny because it's really not that big of a deal, but it becomes a big deal when you just get so, it's these tiny little things that eat at you over time. So I like how it played into that. Yeah, the magic of that is it's just people working together and understanding everyone's differences. And everyone has them. We all have them. I'm sure I drive people crazy and and you know i mean just the, the I, i'm sure i don't drive people crazy but you know what i mean there, there are just idiosyncrasies that we all have that one doesn't understand in another person and so you just have to learn to live with that and that's what makes an office environment or viewing an office environment like this rather amusing yeah absolutely and i, I think that's i, I think it's just it, it's weird because the movie is obviously satire but it does such a good job of being somewhat grounded in an exaggerated way it kind of just says that's this is real life you know it doesn't it doesn't necessarily dress up anything it kind of just addresses some of those things that people have in the back of their minds now again i thought this movie was i, I thought this movie was very good just for the sake of it being kind of forward thinking back in the day but i thought the performances were pretty good too and i thought some of the side characters were hilarious like you said milton the guy with the big glasses i loved lawrence who was dietrich baker who was in napoleon dynamite yep. uh and he was also in american housewife uh-huh yep yeah so Very it was cool. that was that was funny to see him he was well, uh he was in the whole uh, Jennifer Aniston working at Tchotchkes and mm -hmm. having to have at least 15 amounts of flair. Uh, I mean, that was just, it, it's ridiculous, but so true, right? I mean, those, yeah. it's those kinds of things that seem like, what? That doesn't, if you, if you step back from it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And therein lies the comedy of it, right? Exactly. Because it's just like, it's it's a minor thing, right? And then they say, "Oh, okay, I understand the problem, and I'll fix it." And they're like, 
yeah, but we're going to have to get you to fix that problem. Don't do it again next time. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I understand completely. Yeah. And then they're like, mm, okay, but just so you know, I'm going to send you another copy of that memo or I want you to express yourself. Don't want you doing the bare minimum. What do you think about people who do the bare minimum? You know, it's just, it's those dumb things that yeah. just made it made it all that much better in my opinion yeah. so I, I i thought it was cool i i thought the dynamic between peter samir and michael bolton um were <laughs> that was I, that was nicely done too it yeah was I just thought, enough. it was just enough to make you laugh like we are laughing now without yeah. being you know, overdone yeah it, it, yeah it was really good in that way and i thought all the characters worked well in this and I, while i think i agree with you about sort of the structure sometimes there were some things that were not tied up we discussed this with Caddyshack. It doesn't always have to be that way. And I think that they did a good enough job of keeping so many characters in rotation and having them be there just enough that we never really got tired of one or two. Well, um, I think I think the key there is that there weren't too many characters. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you've got this large office environment, but really you had, I don't know, five or six people that you were really needing to invest in, plus the mm -hmm. Jennifer Aniston character. Well, it's interesting because at this point, Jennifer Aniston had been established with Friends yes. because Friends had ended, it started early 90s and ended in 2004, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think she, yeah, yeah I think so. Mm -hmm. She was obviously in what I guess one could say one of the peaks of her career at that yeah. point in time. So it's pretty good that they were able to get her signed on for a more minor part in this movie. Mm -hmm. I thought she was, I thought she was good. Everybody just did a good job. Uh, we were watching, um, and that reminds me of just the point of having believable characters or at least characters who can act in any sort of way. Because Grace and I watched this uh, new show on Hulu and the acting was just so poor. The production was excellent, but the acting itself was just, I mean, it was just very amateur. And it, that just really took away from what we were watching. So it was cool to just kind of see this. Nobody was overdoing it. There was no giant monologues or anything like that. It was just people having conversations with one another. And while that might sound mundane and to an extent it somewhat is, I always found it pretty interesting along the way. I mean, the yeah. movie definitely felt like it was more than an hour and a half to me. But um, at that sort of runtime, I thought it was quite a good, concise film that told the story it wanted. And uh, at the end, I thought it was pretty funny that Milton ended up being the one who uh, burned down the office. Yeah, so. yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he was sort of mumbling that, you know, uh, periodically throughout mm -hmm. the film, too, which which made it even funnier. Yeah. I mean, I would say, of course, what is it, an hour and 35 minutes or so? I don't it, even it, think it's that long. It, yeah. it felt every bit of that to me. I mean, but it also didn't feel like um, it, it. I didn't feel as though it felt like it had to be any longer either. Does that make sense? It was sort of. <laughs> It was yes. just maybe it's because they didn't go back to some of those things and and try to resolve it. I mean, the scene where they're beating up the 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 photo the copier or something mm -hmm. like that in in the in the field, that was another example of um, exaggeration that was probably funny for the first thirty seconds, and I think they drew it out for a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it it just sort of made me think, okay, this is this is working for me overall. Yeah, exactly. I think that's sort of at the point of the film where I realized that too. But I think that scene was kind of the first of its kind, you know, playing uh, rap music behind slow motion, you know, slow motion, people doing something that's, you know, really, it's not like a crime. They're just beating up a copier. I, I think this movie 
kind of introduced that sort of style of ridiculousness here and there too. But it was, you know, it was reflected as if it was like a, a real right, fight. like they were actually like you know, yeah, because yeah, he would go back, to, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's, I think it's kind of funny how it utilized that, and there are quite a few slow motion scenes here, but. You know, there's something about the aesthetic of the 90s uh, and early 2000s that's an interesting moment in time. And I enjoyed watching this because I know that we've been watching films that are at least 30 years old. And this one is 23 now. But um, it was it was it was good to sort of step back into the um, more contemporary period of movies. Yeah, I agree. I felt like, okay, this is the fourth comedy we've watched during comedy month the last comedy we'll watch for a while at least and although this was the newest i think this one and the first one some like it hot felt like the most um well they were to me they were the funny the two funniest films um this one probably felt a little less complete than the other three in an interesting mm -hmm. way but at the end of the day i thought it was funny and fresh enough to um make it worth my time so exactly and i think some like it hot was kind of this two and a half hour epic you know it was a big big movie um and i think we're, we we kind of got down to the film that cut a lot of the fat and it feels every bit of a low budget film and it does to me that's just fine i thought it did yeah. as much as it could with it so yeah uh, if, as long as it amused me and it did entertain me um i'm good with it so all of this said noah what would you rate it on a scale of one to five z's all right one to five z's i would say three and a half z's okay I'm giving it three Z's. I um I decided halfway through it or two thirds of the way through it, I was giving it three Z's. I, I yes, I'm that guy who 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 judges the film before it's over. But um, it's all about my engagement level and my entertainment level. And like I said, this was a winning comedy. Do I need to see it again? No. But your question to me on a weekly basis these days is, would I recommend it to people? And the answer in this case is yes. I would recommend Office Space. Yeah, I would too. I mean it. Obviously, it appeals to a lot of people. If you work in any capacity, there's probably something you can find uh, and enjoy about this movie. And I think it's a special little gem from um, 20 something years ago. I thought it was quite good. I liked it a lot. So I'd recommend it too. Good. All right. All right. Let's go into check it out. Uh, what do you have for this week? All right. I have a combination um, public service announcement and don't check it out. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, this is, uh, we're almost in the month of December. We're ending Thanksgiving weekend as we record now. And uh, your mom and I have had a, an opportunity to watch a fair number of, of Christmas movies, of holiday movies, which, you know, I enjoy very, very much, even though they are all the same. So there's a new one on Apple TV Plus called Spirited, which is a mm -hmm. new version of A Christmas Carol because there have been only a few that's sarcasm yeah. um starring will ferrell and ryan reynolds oh i saw the commercials for that it does not look good it is a musical um and i your mom and i watched it yesterday and i have to say it probably met my very low expectations your mom liked it more than i did there are way too many songs the songs are catchy um but it tries to be uh, it's a contemporary version. It's a little, it's a little cool, a little hip, a little social media age, but it just, and, and let's face it, Will Ferrell and, and Ryan Reynolds and Octavia Spencer do a good job. They sound good as singers. Um, they're fully invested in this, but I just thought it was painful. It was just too many songs, too many, you know, you could just tell it, it felt, I turned to your mom and I said, this is like glee 
the the Glee version of oh, Christmas man. Carol. And yeah, I can't do Glee. About Glee. I can't do Glee either. It's just too much for me. So well, Octavia Spencer and Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, that's a pretty darn good cast. I know cast Octavia fantastic. Spencer. Uh, she can, I mean, she can certainly act. I didn't know she was a singer too. Well, I'm not sure any one of the three are singers, but they sounded very, very good. Oh, actually, Octavia Spencer sounded fantastic. Um, and, you know, she's the same in every movie, I think. Um, but I thought she was particular, except for the help for which she won her Oscar. But I, I thought she was particularly good in this. So I, I, on a scale of one to 10, because I was not watching it for the pod, I would give it a five. Um, but I would say to you, if you are wondering whether or not you're going to enjoy it, save yourself two hours and seven minutes. You're All welcome. right. So that was the don't check it out. It was the don't check it out slash um, public service announcement. All right. All right. Uh, well, sounds good. In the spirit of Christmas movies. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Or maybe not. Just depends on what you want to do. Um, yeah, I I can't really watch Ryan Reynolds movies anymore unless it's Deadpool. He's just kind of the same kind of guy uh, in every movie he plays. But that's not an unpopular opinion. Um, anyway, so speaking of Christmas movies, there is a movie called Violent Night. It's kind of just this John Wick. I know. I tried to find it. It's going to be on HBO Max at some point in time. It was um, on HBO Max. Oh, it's not on there anymore? No, I, I I texted you. You didn't see that text? Oh, that completely ruins my check it out. It's not on there. That was so quick. No, you, I, That's right. It's coming to the theater on Friday. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, Grace and I Grace and I were going to go see that. Okay, anyway, it stars the guy. Mom and I are going to go see it. Well, the guy who plays Santa is the police officer from Stranger Things. What, David Harbour? Something like that? Yeah. And I believe he's also in a Marvel movie or two now. Um, but it just kind of looks like a ridiculous send up of Christmas. And it's this action packed sort of rogue Santa who I guess takes on um, all the bad guys uh, in this movie. It's going to be dumb probably, but I haven't seen reviews. If you're into that kind of thing and you want to shake up your Hallmark or spirited type movies that you're going to watch this season, then uh, perhaps check out Violent Night in theaters, I guess, since it came and went to HBO Max really quickly. But that makes sense to me because of Warner Brothers merging with Discovery. And I know that I had read that they are really trying to make sure that movies are not coming to streaming services before they have to. So a week is really short, though. That's a flash in the pan, but that was probably intentional. Um, but you know, but, the glass, the glass onion, which is the sequel to Knives Out, um, yes. that's coming to Netflix next week. Right. And that's going to be there, I think, in a limited capacity, and it's going to release in theaters. It's already in theaters. It is in theaters. Now? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think it was. Luke saw it. Okay. I heard that one is really, really good. I thought, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that one has a really good cast. Otherwise, I guess that's my sort of sloppy check it out for this week. Well, um, no sloppier than mine. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But um, yeah, we're going to be moving into Christmas movies. Next I cannot week. wait. Next this month. What are we watching for next week for the pod, Noah? I have no I, You know, the thing is, you've probably seen quite a few Christmas movies that I haven't. But I don't think I've seen. I feel like all the Christmas movies I've watched we've all watched as a family. I mean, we can't review any real classics. Like we watch Elf every single year. We watch the Santa Claus movies. We've watched every version of the Christmas Carol from Patrick Stewart to Jim Carrey to, you know, the Muppets Ryan Christmas Reynolds. Carol, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Um, 
there are some holiday specials. There's like a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, when is that coming? Or is it might be a Star Wars one too? Should be coming out soon, I would imagine this week or this Friday is December second, I believe, right? Yes, it is. Um, my twenty seventh wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations, twenty seven. Only a couple, a couple years older than me. One of our loyal listeners, Linda, was there at the wedding too. So. Very cool. I love that. But I mean, yeah, I do I do want to move into Christmas, but this one's going to be a little bit tougher because I feel like I've seen most of the classics and I just want to go ahead and say right now, uh, Scrooge is way overrated. I can't do it. I It's not good. I just can't do it. But you know what? I do want to watch The Nightmare Before Christmas, even though we've seen that multiple times. That is a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll, we'll, we'll select the movie after we're yeah we'll chat we'll chat offline but uh expect some holiday uh festivity movies coming up we're going to be doing reviews of those and honestly we could just do a mix where it's we have seen some and we just want to give our opinions on some of the favorites and maybe watch a couple of that i'm going to see a wonderful it's a wonderful life in the theater that could Um, be really cool that's a very very good movie i really i have not seen it in probably 25 years so we're going to see it in the theater at the carolina theater um because I thought it would be something different to do. You know, why not spend $9 a person when I can, I can watch it for free from my couch? Well, uh, over here, it's $16 a person. So I would be happy to spend $9. Okay. All right, cool. Well, with that, thank you for listening to another episode. Uh, until next week, we thank you for just obviously uh, sticking with us. So until then, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk.